spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. And we are live. Welcome into the sit-down Bills Mafia. Of course, this is hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms. Joined here with my co-host and the president of Built in Buffalo, Mr. Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson B.I.B., how are we doing on this Thursday night, Lance? Sauce God and Bills Mafia, how you doing tonight? Let's uh, pause real quick and just have a quick moment of silence here for youngster Eddie. Um, just lost his battle with a with a uh, heart defect, and uh, heart prayers and thoughts go out to his father Nick um, going out there. So just a uh, moment of silence here. All right, guys, we have a really good show uh, lined up for you here, so let's kick off the intro. If you are just now tuning in, this is the sit down presented by Duff's Famous Wings live here on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So if you haven't done so already, hit that like and share. If you're watching on Twitter, do us a favor, hit the retweet button, come on over to the YouTube channel, subscribe to that YouTube channel, and then join us in the comments because, of course, you already know that every single time you send in a super chat or you send in a comment with stars on Facebook, you get that comment highlighted ASAP Rocky. So if you got a question or you got a comment or something that you want seen, as long as it's not hateful, Use that super chat feature or use that Facebook star uh, feature to get your comments seen ASAP. And of course, this is the 4th of July special here of the sit down. This is uh, something going to be really awesome. We're going to talk about a few different things today. But don't forget, though, that Buffalo is an all America city. So welcome into this episode of the sit down here on the Built to Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube and Twitter presented by Duff's Famous Wings and also in partnership with PLB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, West Her, Ticket IQ and Underdog Fantasy. So Mafia Montage. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask everybody else out there watching as well. How was your 4th of July weekend? How was your celebration? Yeah, it was great. I uh, got to spend most of it with my family and my son, so had a great time and uh, enjoyed a parade and some fireworks and everything else. So how did you take it in? Do you like it? I mean, I always love to get to see the fireworks. And, and you know, and I've actually – I've had the opportunity of celebrating 4th of July and. um a multitude of cities, you know, Las Vegas, Buffalo, Rochester. Um, and I got to say that Western New York truly just does it differently. The way that people get together, the way that uh, the fireworks are always constructed, it's always a really fun experience. So I'm definitely really happy um, with the 4th of July celebration this year. Didn't do any drinking. You know, I'm not too much of a drinker, but that doesn't mean that I didn't celebrate and have fun. So if you guys are out there watching in the comments, let us know how your 4th of July was. Let us know what 4th of July means to you. Uh, just so we can can go through a little rundown of this show. In tonight's episode of The Sit Down, presented by Duff's Famous Wings, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Bills' history. I'm going to give you guys a little background on that. We're going to talk about some position battles heading into training camp. 
Um, we also are going to talk about some of the overhyped and underhyped players that are also heading into training camp. So, and all that and much more. So hit that like, hit that share, hit that comment button. Let's get it going, Bill's Mafia. We're live here in the sit down. We've got ourselves a countdown that we've had going here for a little while. And now it's down to 63 days. Mafia Montage, how are you feeling about this countdown finally being under 70? Well, yeah, it's getting close, baby. Nine more weeks. Ah, we can taste it. Training camp coming up here in a couple of weeks. So rookies reporting July 18th. So that's uh, 12 days from now. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> we're getting so much closer. Every time it hits July, it just is the realization that we are in like the, the first month with football since March or since February, basically. And, uh, you know, this is something that I'm getting more excited for as the time goes on, but it definitely feels like it has been dragging on. And I'm just really, I'm listening to all the hype about the Bills this year. I'm also listening to all the negativity. So we're going to talk about some of the Bills history today as well. But Mafia Montage, real quick reminder for anybody that hasn't already done so, hit that share button. I'm going to do so myself right now. You're live here in the sit down with the Sauce God and, of course, with the Mafia Montage. So uh, we've got ourselves a little something different that we're going to do here on this week's episode. And that is going to be a, um, oops, one second, one second, guys. Let me check something real fast. Okay, so I've got a little bit of a history of the Buffalo Bills and how we kind of came to fruition. You know that we've been around since the 60s. We've been around since the AFL. We've been around for a long, long time. Uh, so let me go through this with you guys. The Bills' first brush with success came in their fourth season. Um, actually, no, let's backtrack a little bit further than that. The Buffalo Bills actually began their pro football life as the seventh team to be admitted into the new American Football League at that time. The franchise was awarded to Ralph C. Wilson on October 28, 1959. Since that time, the Bills have experienced extended periods of both championship dominance and second division frustration. So the Bills came about way back then. We won some AFL championships. We haven't won a Super Bowl yet, but this is a team that has been around for a long time. It has a rich tradition and uh, you know, it's a it's a franchise that I've definitely learned more and more about. You know, growing up as a young kid, I was a big Yankees fan. I knew all about the history. I knew all about the great players that they had, right? But then as I got older, I became more of a Bills fan, and I started to uncover the 1990s and what that was like in the days of, you know, Jack Jack Kemp and, and, and all those guys way back in the day, uh, the day for the Buffalo Bills, right? So Mafia Montage, what's – um a piece of Buffalo history that, that maybe you have to share that maybe we don't know about, or something that is just historical to you about this franchise. Yeah. I just realized today. So the sign coming in all saying, you know, an all America city, and that's because the all America football conference was the football concert conference they belong to. And then obviously named after the frontiersman Buffalo bill. Um, so it's just kind of a cool day to look through some history um, there's a 365 days, uh, Buffalo history book out there somewhere that I, that I have, and that's always cool to, to, you know, rummage through and, and read some of the cool history about the city. So just wanted to shine, um, some light on, on kind of the city itself. Um, things have been happening, uh, a lot of people that come here to play football or play sports are able to come back and have a positive impact in the community. So, um, just really uh, proud to, to live in this city. Um, and I think that, you know, the Bills bond that we, we build between everyone and all of us fans is something truly special. Yeah, I think that the city of Buffalo is just being, 
it's being appreciated more and more every single year, right? With the way that the Pagulas have invested into the actual city of Buffalo and all the money that they put into that entire city. And it's, you know, it's, it's remodeled basically, right? You know, I remember moving away in 2013 and seeing that Buffalo was kind of on the up and up, right? And then I moved back in the beginning of 2017 and it's like the city was just completely different, right? So it's a great time to be a part of the city of Buffalo as well as, you know, the entire fan base of Bill's Mafia, right? We've got a lot to talk about in today's show. Of course, we've got our usual segments of Bada Bing, Bada Boom, Forget About It, Victory Formation, The Pain Trains, The Unsung Hero, The Weakest Link, the Mafia Montage maybe makes an appearance, and of course, getting saucy. All that and much more live here in the sit-down on the Built-In Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So if you haven't done so, join us here in the comments. Super Chat is heavily prioritized, as well as those Facebook stars. If you're watching on Twitter, though, do us a favor, retweet this, then join us on YouTube. So you can join this discussion with us live here in the sit-down with the Sauce God and the Mafia Montage, right? So, Montage, any comments that you want to bring up here first before we start getting into our segments? No, sir. The good that we've seen in the world of sports doesn't just have to be the Buffalo Bills or football. It could be any sport, right? So Mafia Montage, I've got a clip for you guys this week, but I want to ask you first, what do you got for Bada Bing, Bada Boom? Yeah, I loved uh, Joey Chestnut going out there 4th of July and just rallying the troops to go eat some hot dogs in the rain. It doesn't get any American more American than that. So uh, shout out to Joey Chestnut at Jaws on, on winning um, another Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And uh, just incredible to, um, you know, have lightning and rain in the area. And then he's just like, nah, we're going to, they tried to cancel it. And he's like, nope, we're going to do this uh, in just about an hour here. So that was kind of kind of neat. I thought the craziest thing about Joey Chestnut going back into the Nathan's uh, hot dog eating contest was the fact that you had to bet so much money just to even win a little bit, right? Because he was that heavy in favor. No one is going to beat this guy. And it doesn't matter if he's eating less hot dogs. The guy is just simply an all-American athlete and dominant at what he does for a sport, right? Which I don't care if you disagree with me or not. That's a damn sport. Try eating that many hot dogs and training yourself year-round to participate in such a contest, even though... He can't do shit in the chicken wing contest. In fact, the sauce guy might make an appearance in that this year. Uh, but that's a, definitely a really great uh, piece for the segment of Bada Bing, Bada Boom montage. But what I've got for you guys this week, actually, is going to be a little clip of the up-and-coming prospect for the Cincinnati Reds, which I'm not a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, right? But this kid has been making news. One of the youngest players, I think the youngest player ever to hit a cycle. He got called into the big leagues, hits a, a home run in his, I think, his first or second game. It's crazy, right? But let's take a look at this clip right here. Now, I don't know if you see this right here, right? You got Ellie De La Cruz. He gets his bat checked, right? And they, you know, they get to do this once a game. They get to inspect the bat, right? The, the Nationals had a problem with his bat knob, right? But then he goes and he launches this monstrous 450-foot home run right afterwards, right? And the reason that I've got this for the Bada Bing Bada Boom segment this week is just simply because I have always thought when you want to go out there and say, oh, he's only doing this because he's got that, you know, he's got like he's got a cork in his bat or something like that. And it's like, OK, it gets inspected. He puts the, the knob back on, which I have no idea what this knob does. Right. But then he goes and launches that monstrous home run. And it just to me is as great, you know, 
maybe not a slap in the face of the umpire or the opposing manager, but more of just like a, I'm here. I'm in the show for a reason. I'm kicking ass. And that's exactly why I got Ellie De La Cruz launching that monstrous 450 foot home run right after getting his bat inspected as my segment here for bada bing, bada boom for the good of the uh, sports this week. So montage, that's going to take us into our next segment here of forget about it. What's forget about it. If you disagree like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac, forget about it. is the negative or bad things that we've seen in the world of sports doesn't have to just be the bills or nfl as well it could just be any sport in general so montage i'm gonna let you start us off here again i've got a little something that's going to also tie into getting saucy later on but what do you got for us this week and forget about it yeah um i didn't really get a chance to think too much about this one to be honest with you i think that um the biggest ugly thing is that there's not football yet so um i'm saying bring on the football Forget about these days without football. Well, what I've got this week is I watched um, – oh, that's a good one right there. Jesse Pagula winning her second-round match. That's awesome. Of course, we are for all rooting. Being, not for, for the forget about it. Sorry. <laughs> and so what I've got for forget about it this week is – which is, again, the ugly that we've seen in the world of sports. And if you haven't already done so, hit that like and share your live here in the sit-down. Um, what I've got this week is I watched first things first. I watched first take and everybody was talking about the fact that Josh Allen went on busting with the boys and talked more about the Stefan Diggs situation. And he said that the media blew it way out of proportion, but then the media wants to twist everything about what Josh Allen is saying and dive into it even deeper. And that's why I want to say, leave the freaking bills alone, leave Josh Allen, leave Stefan Diggs alone and leave this organization alone and this fan base alone, because we are in a path which can't be stopped to a Super Bowl run, right? And I don't like the negativity or the noise that surrounds this team when we have to be ma- we have to be maintaining focus, you know, 24/7 from this point on until ideally March, right? And then we've got the next season. So, I just don't like all the negativity. I saw Stephen A saying that, you know, Stefan Diggs was justified for his frustration and but yet he was a part of it and then you got Nick Wright saying this and that. It's just like, what the hell? Do these guys maybe just ever actually talk about anything without having to make it a bigger story than it really is. I truly believe that the whole situation with Stefan Diggs has been resolved. I think that Josh Allen has come out and he's talked about it. I think Stefan Diggs showing up even that first day that he wasn't there, but then showing up for day two and being involved in practice and being seen with Josh Allen, I think to me just says everything's all right. Maybe we don't need to read into the situation too much. And I will say this too. I actually heard a little piece that, uh, that Stefan Diggs was actually frustrated because Josh Allen's head apparently wasn't in the game. We all know about the, the speculation into his personal life and stuff like that. So I just think that this is a team that has a, a brotherhood type of camaraderie that exists. And there's obviously going to be ups and downs, especially when you have Super Bowl ambitions, right? So I think everything has been resolved at this point. And anybody else in the media that wants to say anything else negative about it, Nick Wright, Stephen A, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you simply, forget about it, right? So, Montage, what do you think about all the negativity that I've been hearing about with, you know, guys like Nick Wright and Stephen A? Yeah, I just put out a tweet the other day with the, you know, Josh Allen comments on the podcast quickly because, you know, I think that we had a good conversation on the Buffalo Blitz with Dan Fates. And he kind of put it the best is that it'll be over when within the media, once the media actually gets to talk to Stefan Diggs. So, um, you know, I think that's a really good, you know, way to put it. And I'm just waiting kind of for 
the media availability at training camp to happen. And then hopefully um, he speaks to the media and then we all focus on football. And I want to comment, highlight this comment, Stranger G's, Gianna, how you doing, kiddo? Hope you're doing well. And of course, welcome to the sit down, go Bills. But this comment right here from uh, Judine Bliss, which I like this, you know, it says, yes, let's go Buffalo. The media makes a mountain out of nothing. Yes, they do. And I understand that when there isn't actually news surrounding any football team, because we are heading into training camp, but there is really no, but no, no set of news that anybody's looking at, except for where's DeAndre Hopkins going to go? Where's Dalvin Cook going to go? That kind of stuff. Right. So I understand that you got to make something out of nothing sometimes, but again, why does it have to be negative? Why do we have to focus in on, Stuff that maybe doesn't exist, right? They make something out of nothing, and that's exactly why I'm saying forget about it, right? So let's go ahead uh, into our next segment here. Of course, you're live here in the sit-down on the Built-In Buffalo Networks, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, hosted by myself, The Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms. Joined here with my co-host, as always, the president of Built-In Buffalo, the Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson BIB on Twitter for all you guys out there. And, of course, this is presented by Duff's Famous Wings. And uh, built in Buffalo is in partnership with PLB Sports, Wester, Ticket IQ, Picasso's Pizza, and Underdog Fantasy. So we're going to head to our next segment here of the. That was quick on the trigger there. So victory formation, our okay. little category here about what skill. Uh, position battle, are you watching the most? So, Sauce God, you want to take this one first? Yes, and I'm going to tell you, the, the position battle that I'm watching most, most people would probably think that I'm going to lean tight end here, but really for me, and it's not even running backs either, it is the receiver position, right? Because we have brought in a couple of guys, you know, Sherfield, uh, Deontay Hardy, and, you know, we have Khalil Shakir coming into year two, in which I thought Khalil Shakir kind of earned that slot role position, right? But then again, you draft a guy like Dalton Kincaid, who is a fair, uh, expected to play a lot in that slot role. And you have other guys that you signed also to potentially play in that slot role as well. So I look at this receiver position, and I think that we have the depth, right? I think last season I maybe overestimated our receiver room a little bit, but I think that this year it's maybe calmed down a little bit to where we can kind of figure out who's going to get the targets, where we're going to go, how to fit them in the offense, right? We all know Stephon Diggs is wide receiver one. Right now we have Gabe Davis at wide receiver two, and if he's healthy, he fits that role perfectly fine for me, right? But then you look at Khalil Shakir. Where does he fit into this offense with the additions that we have, right? Where is he going to find his place in this offense? Because I think that Khalil Shakir has done everything right. Right. Everything that you've asked him, he has done. He's went up and got the ball. He's went over the top. He's caught routes in tight coverage. And I think that Khalil Shakir didn't make many mistakes last year. And that was as a rookie, right? Versus Isaiah McKenzie, who made mistake after mistake and sometimes rewarded us for those mistakes with a touchdown afterwards. But still, shooting us in the foot is unacceptable. So I'm looking, does Khalil Shakir possibly have a chance at earning more snaps inside this offense? And maybe does he actually claim that? slot receiver role and maybe does Dalton Kincaid go to more of a tight end traditional type of set so uh what do we got out there in the comments as well and if you guys are out there if what do you think about the receiver position and as far as all of that but Montage what do you got for us what skill uh, skill player position battle are you watching the most heading into training camp right now I'm kind of I was just looking up our tones on Seneca Street here Chris 716 about to order some food I don't know if you ever had any our tones on Seneca Street or not but I'll have to go out there and Give that a shot, Chris. Thanks, brother. Um, I love basically the different position groups we have with running back having 
Cook and Harris there with, you know, Latavius Murray behind them. Um, and then are they going to stick Naheem Hines in any sort of offensive role? So that whole thing is great. But obviously, I really want to watch, you know, the way they're using Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. I really want to see, um, you know, how these guys are going to work together, kind of the packages. Um, when it comes to the tight ends, I'd also, you know, group them with the receivers and as far as like the packages that are deployed out on the field, you know, at one time. So are they going to run, um, you know, Knox and Kincaid a lot with Josh Allen's group or is one going to be with the first team and the other going to be the second team? How's that all going to play out? Um, and, and how are those matchups, you know, or how are those packages going to be deployed? And then obviously they're not going to run um, everything out there on the practice field or anything that really looks like what a you know game situation might be. But I think that, you know, we'll get a, we'll get a decent look at some of these guys, some of the route concepts that Dorsey's maybe thinking and see if he's kind of changing anything. Are they practicing any quick screens? Are they looking to do bubble screens? Um, you know, what kind of running offense are they deploying? Are they kind of going um, to a trap style? Are they, you know, looking to stay in a, in a zone style and see, you know, how they're using the athletic linemen. So I think for the skill player battle overall, though, definitely looking at the running back group. I just want to see kind of how Cook and and Harris um, split things and then maybe also how they're mixing in Hines um, or Murray. Well, let me ask you this, too, because this is actually something that I did see, you know, in news this week is that some expect Damian Harris to be the RB1. And I've actually been quoted on this show as saying that James Cook is going to assume the role as running back one. What are your thoughts on that, Montage? I think it's James Cook's job to lose. Um, I would think that they would have give him first crack at the starting role, but look, it's a performance-based business. So if um, Damian Harris is, uh, you know, scoring touchdowns from 30, 40 yards out uh, in the preseason, you know, he may earn a role um, that's a little bit bigger than we think. So we kind of have to keep an eye on that. I think that it's most likely going to be James Cook as, you know, listed as RB1, especially the first um, preseason game, but we'll see. We'll see how they, uh, rotate in and out and see what um, Cook's ready for uh, to take the next step. I think that they'll be used differently, obviously. I know that James Cook is going to probably be more used in both running game and passing game versus we expect Damian Harris to be more of a downhill runner, maybe a goal line type of situation kind of guy as well because of his size and the way that he runs the football, right? So I do think, though, that it is James Cook's job to lose, like you said, and I think that James Cook has proven that he has made up from his first ever rookie mistake, which was his first snap, and it was a fumble, right? But then he's made it up since then. He's had some really good games, and he's had some uh, really great opportunities opportunities to make use of his touches so i think james cook is definitely the running back one going forward but if you guys are just now tuning in your life here in the sit down on the built in buffalo networks facebook youtube and twitter we're live every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern standard time hosted by myself the sauce god and co-hosted by my guy over here the mafia montage the president of built in buffalo every thursday night like i said and this is also available via audio podcast spotify apple google does not matter wherever you get your podcast from this show will be available tomorrow as in friday right so we're live here in the sit-down and the Buffalo Amer uh, and All-America City edition. And, of course, we've got our next segment here of the Pain Trains. Fire it up, baby.
Tosh, let me ask you, maybe. what defensive position needs to improve the most in training camp? Yeah, I'm going to go with the middle linebacker position or linebacker in general. I mean, we lost a key piece there, and we need to see that step up. And I think that um, that's the, the next thing on the defensive side that I'm really looking forward to is seeing kind of how that battle plays out. That's obviously the most um, unknown <clears throat> position on the roster to understand uh, three or four guys there vying for the, the starting job and then what role will the others play in any sort of um, three linebacker sets or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Dorian Williams. I want to see how they're deploying him, if he's going to play as the MLB or not, and then also see, you know, kind of are they, you know, putting a three down, a three linebacker package out there, maybe with Bernard Williams and Milano. So be interesting to see. Um, some formational, some formations, as well as um, kind of the the pairing or uh, trio of linebackers. And I'm curious out there in the comments as well, what defensive position do you guys think needs the most improvement heading into training camp as well? And next week's show, by the way, we're going to actually go through each position and give a grade at the position heading into training camp. So that's going to be really a lot of fun as well, right? But what defensive position I'm necessarily looking at here for the most improvement needed is, in my opinion, the defensive end position, right? We expect Vaughn Miller to be back week one, and that's right now the expectation. Um, but I also think that guys like Greg Rousseau have got to step up, even though I think last year he did quite a bit in year one to year two in his jump, right? But I think guys like A.J. Apinesa, guys like Boogie Basham, those guys have got to step up, and they've got to be a force to be reckoned with when we are you know, expecting Vaughn Miller, but you never know, right? And we still have got to be able to fill in for his production because I don't expect him maybe to be 100% by week one. If he is, that's great, right? But I need those other guys to step up. I'm looking at Boogie Basham and A.J. Epinesa specifically. Shaq Lawson had a great year last year. I think that what he has been doing for this team, he has been making use of the time that he is on the football field. And I, am, I, I like the way that Shaq Lawson has fit back into this defense and the way that he's adjusted to uh, be being kind of more of a um, a guy in the depth position, right? But I think, you know, A.J. Epinesa has shown us signs and glimpses of, of you know, this of exactly why we drafted him, but we haven't seen it come inconsistently, and we haven't seen it come to where it's affecting games in our favor, right? I think Boogie Basham has also done the same thing. I think those guys have got a lot to prove, and if they want a chance to see the football field and play for this defense and get, you know, uh, important snaps – they're going to have to step up in training camp. So, Montage, any comments out there that you want to highlight here for us? As of course we're in the pain train segment right now. Mm, you want to take this? I don't know. Mm. Well, I Andrew disagree. Jones is a good buddy Andrew, of mine. I, de I definitely dis disagree. I think I've been saying for a month now that he he's going to play Week One. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't. He's fully healthy, and it's just a mental uh, aspect that this is what he says. I mean, I'm just going by what he says, taking it at uh, you know face value, is that he's looking strong, and now all he has to do is be able to trust it. He's looking to get some reps in, and I think we might see this argument put to bed pretty quickly as to how much he participates in camp or how much, um, if any, he sees in the preseason, if he goes in at all. Um, you know, he's talking about, wanting to take reps and different things, but we'll see. I think it's um, absolutely right. The next comment, though, still going to be good. We got Leonard Floyd, guys. I mean, I think that's yeah. really cool. Um, Put a four, too, and, really you know, for that, the defensive line. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, but Leonard Floyd with Greg Rousseau is still a pretty awesome tandem, you know, yeah. even if you don't have Vaughn right away. So 
Uh, and Mamalaro too, and Jordan Poyer. Those guys in the blitz are, are are also a way that you can affect the game. You know, right? Yeah, this is always a interesting conversation we've had, kind of in the built-in Buffalo. And Matt Homan, a great writer for the for the built-in Buffalo brand here. Um, I think that probably Epinesa, because of his contract situation mm-hmm. last year of his deal, people will just potentially want him to prove himself and and it's not a a big deal uh boogie has two years of control left so they're probably not going to want to trade um that but i mean if you're just looking at player and not looking at the contracts um and kind of taking that into account i would rather trade boogie basham and and keep aj epinesa because epinesa is the more productive guy and uh, boogie basham's more of the potential guy people might um, see that he was a second rounder. He may need more development and he might fit kind of, maybe he fits a three, four scheme better than a four, three. So you never know a three, four team, pick him up. Um, he has been known to be able to slide down onto the interior from defensive end position. So I think that Boogie Basham's more versatile and guy and being younger, people may, um, want to take more of the flyer on him than Epinesa, but from the Bills standpoint, they might want to trade Epinesa being on the last year of his deal rather than Boogie Basham he's still got another year uh, under contract so i i definitely like your take on that as well and this is a great comment guys if you are actually out there watching make sure to send those comments in. hit that like and share hit the subscribe button hit the follow like button does not matter get us going over here in the sit down so this comment right here i think that you're right montage it would be epinesa because simply the you know how long he's got left in this contract both these guys were second round picks so it's not like there's much of a difference in you know the salary issues right but it's again because we have uh, Boogie Basham locked in for at least you know another couple seasons. I think that that would be the reason that AJ Epinesa would be traded. Um, and back to the the comments from Andrew Jones too, by the way. Which Andrew, thank you for again for tuning in. Good buddy of mine, uh, big time Bills fan, awesome dude. Uh, the reason that we're talking about Von Miller being back week one is because Von Miller has come out and said it himself, um, and he's actually had a number of different experts tell him he is cleared to go. And Vaughn Miller, again, last year when he tore his ACL, was expecting to maybe be back in a few weeks. So this is a guy that if he's ready to play, he's going to play. We have Mark Maddox actually on here in the sit-down, and we actually asked him about this situation and how the team might go about it or how the player might handle this situation. And he actually said the same thing, that if he is ready to go, he's going to play. They're not going to save him. They're not going to try to arrest him. They're not going to do anything like that. They need Vaughn Miller on that football field. And if he's ready to go, you know, he's a champion. He's got a tough mindset and that's why Vaughn Miller will be good to go for week one. And that's my, that's my, um, that's what I think is going to happen. That's what montage thinks is going to happen. So I like that comment as well, Andrew. So thank you again, guys, if you're out there watching, hit the like and share, keep those comments flowing. We're live here in the sit down on the built in Buffalo networks, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter presented by Duff's famous wings hosted by the sauce God and mafia montage. And of course, we're going to head into our next segment here of the unsung hero. Montage. Who is the most underhyped player heading into training camp? Yeah, I'm thinking about this, and I'm kind of thinking about um, a couple different positions. Um, but I, but I want to say DeQuan Jones on the defensive line is a sneaky, sneaky, um, dangerous player. We signed Puna Ford. We still, you know, we gave Ed Oliver the money, but uh, DeQuan Jones is just 
that guy who's, you know, you know what you're getting from him, steady as he goes, and he is productive, and he, he eats up the interior of the defensive line. And I'm, I'm excited to see how this defensive line plays as we just discussed. So I'm going to go with Daquan Jones as this week's unsung hero. Okay, I like that. For my unsung hero this week, which, again, is going to be the most underhyped player heading into training camp as we inch closer and closer to this Bills training camp, for me, it's going to be Gabriel Davis. I think Gabe Davis has been overlooked a lot this offseason with all the talk about DeAndre Hopkins, all the talk about maybe drafting a receiver and all that nonsense. And then we go and draft a tight end, right? Which we expect Dalton Kincaid to get his fair share of targets. That's why we brought him here. We didn't bring him here just to block. So I think Gabriel Davis is kind of being overlooked. And I think that if Gabe Davis was able to fully get healthy in this offseason and get his mind back to where he was in that Kansas City Chiefs game in the playoffs, right? then he is going to be exactly what we are, what we expected a little bit more of last year and what I'm kind of expecting more of heading into this season. I think, again, most people wondered why was he making the drops that he made? Why did he lose some of his production? Again, I think if you look at the film, you look at the history of the, uh, the, injury, um, the injury report at the time, that he was just not healthy. He had issues with his ankle, his foot, and that's going to affect your route running. That's going to affect your speed. It's also going to affect the way that you catch the football. It's going to affect every bit of the way that you play the game of football. So I think if he's fully healthy, Gabriel Davis is going to turn some heads and he's going to be exactly what we need at that wide receiver two position with us not being able to get DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to need that out of Gabe Davis, right? So Montage, let's go look at some more of the comments too that we may have missed in previous segments as well before we actually head on to our next segment here of the weakest link. Taylor Rapp, I like this one from Matt. You know, he's definitely um, that guy where we don't know what they're going to do with him because we do have the tandem of Poyer and Hyde, and we're not really sure what Taylor Rapp um, brings to this specific defensive scheme. We know uh, he brings a very physical and uh, uh, relentless style of play to the field, and it's just going to be fun to watch kind of in this in this scheme to see where they um, – position him and kind of how how they deploy him i think you may see some three safety sets you know with teron johnson on the other side you know using rap more of a as a slot you know um nickel corner type but you know you may see like a, a sixth um db with a three cbs and and three safeties and then just milano at linebacker so i, I think it's going to be interesting to see all the things they can do with taylor rap he's just like very good point by Matt that he would start for most NFL teams. I think it's, it's, it's very strange to have this caliber caliber of a player kind of sitting on the bench um, or or not, you know, sure. So, so they must have an idea and, and we'll see. I don't know if they, you know, work out any trades between now and the season or anything that may change the landscape. But I think that, you know, having rap and then you have obviously the best slot corner, um, in the league in Teron Johnson. So just a lot of depth here on the defense and they, they needed it last year. And hopefully um, they have more of an issue getting guys on the field because everyone stays healthy this year. So I'm not going to that. I think too, with Taylor Rapp that, yeah, he is very underrated going into camp because obviously we have two all pro caliber safeties and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, right. But even though they are, getting older i don't expect them to get you know miss time because they're getting older we just hope that they don't get hurt right but i think that they're going to kind of um be able to maybe not have to lean on those two being in the game so much more because of the addition of taylor rap and the way that he can fill in and take some of those snaps and maybe keep those two guys fresh so with them actually aging 
them bringing Taylor Rapp in might have been one of the best things that they could have done for this defense because I think that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are just so pivotal to this defense and everything that we do, right? So I like that comment from mhoman 0 over there on YouTube. And if you guys are out there watching your comments on YouTube or Facebook with stars or Super Chat, we'll also get highlighted ASAP by myself and Montage. And if you want to ask a question or get your comments seen, of course, use that Super Chat or that facebook stars feature so let's go into our next segment here montage of the weakest link Who is the most overhyped player heading into this training camp for the Bills? Now, this is going to be a little bit difficult, right? Because we don't want to say anybody's overrated or anything like that. But, Montage, who do you got as the weakest link in the sense of who was the most overhyped player heading into training camp? Yeah, I think it may be Von Miller, kind of ironically. We are just talking about him. I think he's going to play and all that. But I just think that, um, you know, as we pointed out with the defensive line, that, you know, if he doesn't play, we're still going to be okay because we got the likes of Leonard Floyd and Greg Rousseau. So, um, you know, I think that there is definitely the need for as much pass rush as, as we can get, um, but there there isn't necessarily um, as much of a need now with, with the signings they've made on the defensive line. Yeah, all right. And I think my take here is going to kind of turn some heads here, and there's a reason for this. So bear with me, Bill's Mafia. But if you're just now tuning in, don't forget to hit that like and share your life here in the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings here on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter Live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and also available via audio podcasts across all podcasts, right? So wherever you get your podcasts from, you can listen to the sit-down remotely or whatever you want to do. It does not matter. We got all options available. So my choice here for the weakest link in the sense of who is the most overhyped player heading into the training camp, for me, it's Dalton Kincaid. And that's only because this, not because I don't believe in the kid, not because I don't expect him to do great things, but because we don't know what the kid is going to do. Some people are already asking, is this the best safety tandem? And I'm sorry, the best tight end tandem in all football. Is this one of the best, you know, receiving the addition of Dalton Kincaid is definitely very interesting. And I think that what he could bring to this offense, if he does the things that I expect him to do in the way that we drafted him, I think that, yes, that's going to pay off really well, right? But we don't know what he's going to bring to the table yet. We don't know the way that he's going to fit into this offense when you already have Dawson Knox, who has proven to be a really productive tight end when he is catching the football and not dropping it, but also the way that he is effective in blocking, you know, in the run game and the pass game. So I think that Dalton Kincaid has received so much hype, and we just need to see the kid come out and play. He needs to get his feet underneath him. He needs to get that little bit of timing because when you go from college to the pros, it's a much different game. And I expect him to have a great rookie season, and I expect him to fit into this offense, and I expect that the Bills drafted him for a great reason. But I just, again, he's a rookie. We don't know what he's going to bring. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to be able to find ways to command targets in this offense when you have Stephon Diggs. You've got Gabe Davis. you got James Cook out of the backfield. You've got Dawson Knox, who's already tight end one at this point, right? So he's got a lot to prove. But I think a lot of people have been definitely – overhyping him and, and expecting um, people that are saying this kid's going to catch for 1500 yards and 20 touchdowns. It's like, come on, man, let the kid be a rookie. Let him come in and let him find his way into this offense. So that's what I got here for the weakest link of this week. And of course we have got uh, a couple more segments here ahead of us. And the next one is actually going to be the mafia montage maniac of the week.
Yeah, I just had to go um, and shout out again, Eddie and Nick Mayerick. Um, Nick uh, losing his son um, today, so extremely sad. And if you guys are able to or or would like to, there's a GoFundMe out there by Lisa and then Bill's Mafia Babes are doing a raffle out there. So just wanted to use this segment more to say, um, you know, we were all rooting for Eddie. Uh, he's a heck of a fight man. And, and Nick, we're all thinking about you, brother. So um, anything you need, reach out. Uh, Bill's Mafia is definitely with you guys, with your family, thoughts, prayers, love, everything um, to that family. So love it. That's the Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week, of course, guys. This is that special edition of the sit-down. Buffalo in All-America City. And, of course, the sit-down is live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, and my guy over here, the Mafia Montage at Lance Nelson, BIB, the president of Built in Buffalo, and also the co-host of the Buffalo Blitz on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, presented by Underdog Fantasy. So, Montage, that's going to take us into our final segment here of Getting Saucy. Yeah, all right. Nick Wright, you got Stephen A. You got all these guys in the media that just got nothing but negative things to say about Joshua Allen and, of course, Stephon Diggs, right? There ain't nothing to say except for these two are best friends. Their brothers are going to get the job done, right? Why? Because they are excellent at their jobs. All the offseason noise and hype, it doesn't freaking matter. When they show up to this football field and they start getting shit done, I want an apology from Nick Wright. I want an apology from Stephen A. Smith. And I want an apology from everybody in the national media. They had to try and bag on this Buffalo Bill squad and try to derail us before we even had a chance to start this Lombardi run. Of course, I believe that this Bill squad has everything it takes. They've had so much adversity and so much different things to deal with and so much more experience underneath their belt that they're going to be all set. It doesn't matter what Nick Wright says. It doesn't matter what Stephen A. Smith says. It just does not freaking matter. So let's go, Bills. Let's go, Joshua Allen. Let's go, Stephon Diggs. That's me getting saucy this week. So montage before we head out here, I want to just say real fast on next week's show, we will actually take a look at each position heading into training camp. And then we're going to give ourselves a grade of each of those positions, which I'm thinking that you guys are actually going to want to hear what position we find to be the best on this team and what position we find to be the weakest on this team. We are getting that much closer to training camp Bills mafia. We've got to get ourselves ready. So join us here next Thursday night. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Built-In Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, presented by Dove's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms, and, of course, my guy, the Mafia Montage, the president of Built-In Buffalo, at Lance Nelson BIB. We'll see you next Thursday, Bill Mafia. Go Bills. Go Bills. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc